Okay, Arata episode 11. We were running through the crowd, dodging people who seemed incapable of picking a direction and seemed to think that screaming would solve the problem of where to go. Move, move, God damn it! get out of my way. Conrad shoves someone and forces his way through the crowd. Get out of the fucking way! What is wrong with these people? Hurry up, Singh. I picked up speed. Something was wrong. Something was very wrong, and not just with the station. There was a sick weight sitting in my guts. Shay, I shouted in my head to Hal. Shay, can you hear me? I didn't feel anything from the ship, and Hal couldn't seem to connect to anything. I couldn't tell if she was even picking me up. God damn it. Wish I was a telepath. Focus, Singh. Get the lead out. Conrad's rough hands hauled me in front of him and pushed me through the crowd towards the passenger dock. A deep shudder ripped through the station and harsh metal-on-metal metal sounds ground above us. Shay! No answer. No answer. Where the fuck is my ship? The sickening sound of a failing airlock near us, a freight train in a tunnel, blasted next door, and the dock rippled unnaturally. Fuck, we have to get out of here. Mariah's dock station was dark and silent. Obviously power failure. Right on cue, the emergency beacons indicating a containment failure flared red and a hissing sound of escaping oxygen came from somewhere behind me. I shoved my biosuit head hood over my face and tripped the environmental stasis trigger. Short, shallow breaths, I reminded myself, trying to keep calm. The suit only had a limited supply and couldn't protect me from the vacuum that this port was trying to become. Conrad smashed the activation sequence into the airlock and we waited impatiently for the corridor to equalize. Finally, the doors blinked green, and we shot into the walkway. Conrad slammed the containment airlock behind us. Shay didn't have the doors open for us. In fact, Mariah's blast doors were dark. That should not be. The biomimetic sensors should have been active. Shay should have had the engines warmed up the moment the evacuation alarms triggered on the station master channel. There should be something there. Conrad and I skidded into the atrium port, cycled the lock, opened the bridge door, and saw... Nothing. Blackness. The whole ship was dead. I gritted my teeth in frustration. Shay, where are you? I hit the manual HMI and brought up lights and environmental controls, spinning the primary pilot's chair around to see a brutal chunk of the interface ripped out in a corpse of loose wires and blinking lights. Shit. Find Shay, I told Conrad, and leaned down to see what was salvageable and if I could at least get Mariah away from the failing station far enough to keep us out of trouble. There. The manual pilot interface was a mess, but the autopilot and the link could still accept commands. I hit the nearest pre-planned destination in the recent flight paths and followed Conrad, feeling the shift and groan of the ship trying to break free of the docking ports. We were held fast. The view screen snapped on, showing Sol disintegrating. The gravity locks were shaking themselves to pieces. The heavy tungsten supports were failing as huge chunks of something smashed into them. Arcs of blue-white electrical energy jumped from dock to dock, and the scream of dying metal translated to an awful vibration that made Mariah tremble. What the hell is going on? Conrad threw himself into the weapon station. Shay? He shook his head. I couldn't find her. She's not on the ship. If her room is cleaned out, there's some kind of mess in the med bay. Jesus, we're going to get crushed. He nodded. I'm going to link. Blast us a flight path. You can see me on the HMI. Just try and keep our path as clear as you can. Inhale, exhale. 
I brought my heart rate down with sheer will, focusing on the geometric patterns displayed against my eyelids. Soul, in crystalline relief, felt my mind wrap around those patterns, calm and still. Time to fly. Initiate primary protocol authority, sing A. Confirmed primary protocol execution in five, four, three, two, one. Sensory link confirmed. Test pilot syntax confirmed. Test ship PLC confirmed. Initiating pilot override confirmed. I was Mariah. My skin hurt. The arcs of energy around Soul were tearing lung fissures in my electromagnetic field that took time to regenerate. In between, radiation bursts and micrometeorites pounded from every direction against my hull. The docking station was damaged and not releasing. Request fire, coordinates, gamma, 033.344, R4. Flash to the weapon station. In a moment, I felt the deep rumble of the plasma rifle thrip through my guts and through the damaged docking arm. A sigh of relief as ion boosters kicked on, and I felt the dim resistance of the orbital gravitational field fading, like pushing through a membrane. I tucked my sails in close and poured propellant into the chemical thrusters, screaming in pain as I felt the damaged coupling light and burn outside the shielding. I felt the plasma rifle growl again and again, sharp pains as shrapnel sped past me. Run, run, run. I spun out to pick up Mercury's gravitational well and poured more propellant in, ramping up speed as my fusion reactor came online, finally, purring like a big happy cat glowing hot in my chest. Liquid-hot magma slipped into my blood, energy coalescing patterns of space-time in my brain as I bent and folded shapes and sensations. Mariah gave me a picture of a dark nebula. I could feel it wrapping around us, spinning, falling into darkness, the magma burning through me, warping space-time stretching, shifting colors until everything finally snapped into place. Light, pattern, complete joy arced through me, filling me, emptying me, and the ship sang. Conrad was shaking me. Are you alive, boss? Mm -uh. I was face down at the console, blood seeping down my arms and wetness on my cheeks. I felt awful, sort of flayed, like an abused cutlet, maybe. The ship kicked you out of the link when you went unconscious. It's in standby. I don't know how to operate the manual controls. You want to wake up a little and see how we're doing? I cracked an eye open and was rewarded with lightning through the right side of my head. I tried the other one. Slightly less lightning. I squinted at the HMI. We were sitting exactly where I had planned, a dark matter nebula in the Oort cloud in the shadow of an asteroid in synchronous orbit. But I couldn't tell if I knew that because the link was still active or because the HMI was actually working. But it was always gratifying to be good at your job, I thought, a little caustically. Closed the eye again. The lightning reduced to a deep, throbbing ache. We're fine. Conrad was quiet for a moment then. Okay, two things. One, you have about a million tiny cuts that are bleeding like bastards. I sighed. Hence the blood. I thought maybe it was sweat. That's okay, they'll close in a minute. I could feel the tears healing, binding, wrapping up with my internal energy even as I said it. Huh, neat trick. Two, what the hell was that? I don't know. You know what it looked like? It looked like an attack. There were three ships holding orbit. At least one of them was trying to pick off escaping ships. I turned my head to look at him in surprise. Lightning pain rocketed through my eye socket again. Shit. Ouch. I closed my eyes. Yeah. 
It looked like a service formation, too, but that may just be me being paranoid. What? Cat-looking ships, but they moved like service. Well, you were busy, but you missed a good show. That little plasma rifle you retrofitted is pretty sweet. You shot them? I croaked. Sure did. Seemed like the thing to do. Hit one of them, at least. Nice little core leak from it. Good job. I felt like going to sleep for a week and maybe throwing up a few times, but Conrad's words didn't make sense. There's no way those were cat ships. I know. The cats wouldn't attack Soul. I know. Told you, they moved like service. That doesn't make any sense. Sure it does. Someone wants to blame the cats for a terrorist attack. What's so complicated about that? Happens all the time in my line of work. I thought you were retired. Well, you can take the man out of the job, but... I waved it hand at him and gingerly staggered to my feet, headed toward the med bay. Try and find Shay, why don't you? I have to go throw up for a few minutes. Receipt of transmission. Mariah, UPC, SME 00486. Orders to follow. Encryption, PI. Sing, report to Solaris Orbital for preliminary investigation in pursuit of potential terrorist cell. Secure civilian hostages. Hold position until further instruction. Until further instructed. Data stream S2 to follow. Attachments. Peacekeeper initial report. Soul. Confidential. Catalan risk assessment. Confidential. Special missions report. V1. Confidential. I found Conrad in the med bay. Did you see the new set of orders Daniels sent us? He didn't respond. He had his hands in the old AI unit, which had been trashed. It looked like someone had torn it apart on purpose. The secondary hard drive was also missing, the one that contained Shay's research on prions, as well as the whole med database for the AI. That was unfortunate. Hey, did you hear me? You know what I don't understand? Cross-legged, sitting in a pile of broken electronics, Conrad didn't seem to have heard me at all. I couldn't tell if he was talking to me or not. What? Why'd she redo the med equipment? And she's got data on here that we never collected. She made two copies, one for the ship and then a personal one that she linked to me. Why? I crouched next to him on the floor. You have access to all her data? He carried on as if I hadn't said anything. If this was a shipjacking, we should have found her body floating near the airlock. If it was a simple robbery, why take an out-of-date med AI in a library? It might be valuable in a colony somewhere out in the boonies, but most of those have their own service meds anyway, and no ship would pay for an antique like yours. Ah, so he does know I'm here. You think someone abducted Shay? Why take the library and the girl? He stopped for a moment. I couldn't tell if he was about if it was to get his emotions under control or to think. The man is cold, and this is his happy face, and his angry face, and his sad face, I thought facetiously. And of course, the timing is suspicious as hell, he said. We're gone for a couple hours, then Soul gets the shit kicked out of it, and that's when Mariah gets jacked? It's way too much of a coincidence. I started to clean up, moving the fragments of metal and plastic into a bin and scraping the remains of our algal beds over to one side. We'll have to replace those. Any fusion reaction will have to get fed from the chemical tanks, and we'll have to run a bypass pipe from the hydrogen to the secondary environmental containment systems. I felt a little pang. I'd gotten spoiled having Shay around. I was reasonably certain I could do all those things, but she was better, and her stuff looked like it was supposed to operate in that configuration. My repairs always ended up looking like the special kit had sent them up, and they might explode or collapse the second you turned anything on. 
I hope we can get back to Seoul without me blowing anything up. I think this was an inside job, and that's why Daniels told us to investigate instead of a proper peacekeeper. Shay's probably working for him, too. What? You think Shay's service? Some kind of spook? I asked. No way. He shrugged. Well, that would make more sense than a random jacking. Your med library is old. Anything she found would be common knowledge. And why take someone at all? It doesn't make any sense. I laid a hand on his shoulder. I'm sorry, Conrad. You must be worried sick. An odd sense of vertigo shuddered through me. I stopped, dizzy for a second, actually grabbing the counter as the world shifted underneath me. Jesus. He shrugged me off as if annoyed. Intensity made him tighten up his posture, brought him to stand, made his gray eyes deepen in color as he stared at me unblinking. I'm not worried. Shay's tough. We'll find her. I felt my face moving into a disbelieving scowl. How? I'm not a peacekeeper. I've never done anything like this. Conrad's expression turned a little savage as he smiled. Well, it's a good thing that I have, then. A wash of sensation, the feeling of falling. The lines of his body seemed to stretch and fade. For a second, the room seemed very dark and hot. My skin seemed epically cold and burning, freezing. Somewhere near, I feel the odd sensation of nails on stone. Not here, no. Feel the surface of the ship vibrating under a point of stress. I inhaled held that breath, and then let the disconcerting sensation dissipate. Something isn't right. You okay? Conrad asked. Sure, I lied, looking at his still face. Stone-cold killer. Sure. I took another deep inhale. Where do we start? So I hear you're a knight in shining armor now. Michael's deep voice rumbled around me. I opened my eyes. Hey, you. Hey, he smiled at me. I shifted closer to him so I could lean against him and look out the window at the same time. Rigel's sunset, sunsets were fairly spectacular, all purples and blues in the roiling methane atmosphere. What's that about me being a knight in shining armor? You're going after Shay, aren't you? Yes, I sighed. I'm afraid. Good, he nodded. Fear might make you pay a little more attention than you normally do. Daniels has no right to ask you to do this. I frowned. Are you saying I'm not capable? Well, you're not. You're an engineer, not a... whatever this is. What do you call someone who goes hunting people in enemy territory? An assassin? Sure, he shrugged. Your boy Conrad is, but Daniels doesn't have any control over him, so he gets you to do all the dirty work of setting up the mission. Seems kind of shitty. Conrad would go with her without me, and I'm his friend. Really? I didn't know. I really didn't want to do this. Michael snickered a little. You don't even eat meat. What makes you think you're going to become some badass assassin in a couple weeks? Hey, I've had all the service combatives training. Besides, Conrad's going to do all the work. He snorted. Right, I'm sure he'll just walk in, find her immediately, and walk back out again, no one the wiser. And you guys hanging out in potential hostile territory, sitting in a civilian freighter with a single plasma rifle, is a great choice as well. I couldn't argue with him. Those were just a few of my major concerns with this plan. I can't just leave him to do this. Shay's part of my crew, and he, he needs help. I can't say no. I felt his arms tighten around me. I know, just please think about what you're about to do. You're not as invulnerable as you think. What does that even mean? 
You know what I'm talking about. The dizziness, the weird pain, the dead zones on your skin. Something's wrong. You just don't want to face it. No. I felt the old fear, the sick kind that sits in your chest and waits for you to think about it, raise its malevolent little head. I'm fine. Are you? Yes. I tried not to remember falling down in the shower or passing out on the way to the bridge or the gradual loss of feeling that made me drop things and caused my fingers to shake uncontrollably. I'm fine. It's just stress. It's not the disease. I know it's not. I stood up and moved in front of the biopod's windows. My reflection looked like always. Brown, scarred skin, tinted blue with radiation exposure. Hair finally starting to regrow after Sagittarius. As I stood there, I saw my skin start to slough off in asymmetrical chunks, dropping like wet fabric on the ground at my feet, my bones poking out white and awful, until I could see only my eyes and a grotesque skeleton, my own skull laughing at me as I turned slowly to dust. Holy fuck. I lurched to sit up, breathing hard, drenched in sweat. The dream image seemed soldered into my brain. Thought I was done with these. I looked at my shaking hands, dread making me clench them into fists and swallow hard. I'm fine. I'm okay. Everything is going to be okay. I'm not crazy. Test subject X80750-001-887-1. Phase 1 and Phase 2 implementation complete. Field testing will begin on subject's 22nd birthday. Subject's aggression levels have increased sharply, significant violent tendencies controlled through antipsychotics. I was unwilling to use medications at first, considering that the mental patterns we can observe with the fMRI and CMAT imaging will be directly impacted by the use of chemicals. However, after the subject ripped through the security fence with her bare hands following a simple exposure test, we deemed it safer for the staff as well as the subject to reduce her hormonal spikes. Strength has been increasing almost 2% per day following the genetic activation sequences, which is very promising. Her visual acuity does seem to be decreasing, however. The subject does not complain of difficulty seeing. In fact, she seems to be able to use alternative senses to navigate when optics are removed. It's only under an isolated acuity test we can see that the structure of the eye is actually degrading. Her results on all other dexterity and awareness tests is at or above baseline. The question of violence is an issue. One of the assistants recommended therapy to convince the subject she was the cause of her rage or dissociation. This seems to have been more effective than the antipsychotics. She did attempt to commit suicide at one point, so we obviously have not perfected the treatment strategy at this time. I'm hopeful for the eventual combination of behavioral transition and chemical antipsychotics to keep her relatively stable, at least until phase 3 can be field tested. Andromeda reports. General Ido does it again. During a 75-minute speech at the Conservative Party Gal Galaxy Convention last week, General Shiu Ido looked genuinely surprised at the roar of approval when he said, As your first commander, I will do everything in my power to destroy plague carriers, alien threats, and protect our way of life. Almost as if he couldn't believe he was getting away with it. As more and more individuals are being diagnosed with a new strain of mutagenic transmissible spongiform encephalopathies, popularly known as crazies or MTSE carriers, first formally diagnosed at Cygnus Orbital and on catastrophic display at Sagittarius 1, the United Planetary Council has officially declared a public health crisis. Stable carriers are showing up in all sectors now, some with superhuman abilities. 
But federal and service officials can no longer ignore the power and complexity of these citizens and what it means for humans across the system. Yeah, I know I can change shape whenever I want, into anything I want, but in my heart I'm just a girl from Terra, you know? I'm no different from anyone else in my family, said Carrier, Carrier Enola Ubeki. I was terrified to tell my family, especially after there were rumors that they were going to purge everyone, but I had to, you know? They were doing DNA tests and everything, and they were going to find out eventually. After she spoke to Andromeda, and before this feed went to publication, she was quarantined and unavailable for comment. It's not a coincidence. It's not. She knew it was going to happen. That's why she told us. It was to say goodbye, said her brother Mikhail. She knew this would happen. Andromeda was unable to talk to any other carriers, all expressed fear of removal. And that fear seems to be well-placed. In the past few months, missing person reports have increased across all systems by 10%. Local peacekeepers declined to respond to our request for comment on the increased numbers of reports. Yes, they should be afraid. Why all the DNA screening tests? Why all the travel restrictions? The federal government under Ido's leadership will destroy these people. But not here. Not in the Hadar sector. We have a responsibility, said Senator Elise Schneider. Schneider, a freshman representative who won the council seat for the Libertarians in the most general election, has served as Hadar Orbital's chief medical officer for over ten years. I have heard him say that carriers are all violent and subhuman. He has presented in council that he views them as the single greatest threat to our government since the cataclysm. If he had his way, he'd round them all up and dispatch them as if this was Nazi Germany in the 20th century. That is complete nonsense. They're people, just people, not monsters. His declaration that the disease is some sort of Catalan plot is also absurd. Schneider's opinion seems to be the minority. However, as citizens outside of Hadar express more fear and dissatisfaction with the lack of action against Catalan populations and the lack of regulation against carrier rights. It's just not natural. I don't want my babies around some sort of freak, says M19 citizen Marlena Howard. These people can be anything, do anything. Some of them, you can't even tell that they're sick. How are we supposed to react to that? Are they even real humans anymore? I just don't know, and I don't feel safe with their type running free. The feds have a responsibility to do something, put some laws, restrict them from hurting anyone. Senator Schneider has proposed several bills related to the protection of MTSE carriers. However, none have received service sponsorship, and none have made it to the council so far. James West, reporting. The stars look strange out here. I'd never been past Cygnus Orbital, and the chart seemed chaotic, unfamiliar, a disconcerting sensation for someone who had spent her entire adult life shooting from system to system on a starship. I shivered a little, looking out into the black. Catalan's space was too far away for anyone to get, in, get to in any decent amount of time. The diplomatic groups had come in stasis and had to travel for decades in cold sleep to get to Cygnus. But their ships were easy to track, pathetically easy. I was in automatic mode, watching the play of micrometeorites against the electromagnetic shielding. It looked like fireflies buzzing against Mariah in the dark, or at least looked like the vid of what fireflies had looked like. Conrad entered the cabin and slumped into the weapons console with a sigh. I hadn't seen him for days. There hadn't been anything but me and Mariah for weeks. Stillness and fear. I can't believe I forgot what it was like to live with this, I thought. The past few weeks had reminded me more and more of my first missions, of my academy days. Loneliness, silence, tense, gnawing terror growing steadily stronger every day. 
I should be used to this by now. I got spoiled having friends and having a life. It was almost comforting to be back in this mindset. There was something about being stressed to the point of breaking, alone, desperately afraid, that felt familiar and oddly right. I am majorly fucked up. Maybe I should think about therapy? The thought made my lips twitch a little in amusement. Right. I could only imagine trying to explain my history to a therapist. So I can sort of remake space-time with my brain, only it rips my body apart, and there was this guy that I was in love with, but he was eaten alive by the same disease that's burning a hole in me. And by the way, everyone I've ever loved or needed has died, and I have mommy issues. <laughs> no, therapy probably wasn't a viable choice. My therapist's head would explode after the first session. The globular cluster we were sitting in was beautiful. Cosmic dust lit up with thermosensitive true color variations as it interacted with our iron drive and itself. Ice crystals flowed around us like a halo of lace prisms, bouncing photons to each other and sparkling in unexpected patterns. Baby stars orbiting each other tied together like so many globes of fiery glass, ricocheted light around that ice and dust almost as if it was alive and dancing. It was gorgeous. And all I could think about was Daniel's intelligence report and Conrad doing strange and arcane things somewhere in the bowels of my ship before going hunting. You aren't going with me, he finally said. It wasn't a question. I didn't respond. He didn't seem to notice. You don't have the training, your liability. I need you to find me a way onto the ship. And off, and I'll be, and be the wheelman. Wheelwoman, I corrected. Whatever. I wanted to ask why, why it had to be us, why he was doing this, what he was going to do. So many questions. But I didn't. I didn't know why. It just seemed like a pointless exercise. Silence seemed easier. I don't want to do this. I kept my eyes on the display, but I could feel his attention. He patted the bag he'd dropped by the console and ignored me. I rigged up some toys. You don't have to worry about me, and you'll be safe enough with Mariah. I frowned at the implication that I was just scared. Misogynistic asshole, I thought. I mean, I was, but that was not the only point. No, Conrad, this whole thing is just wrong. Have you seen the news feeds lately? All the political ranting and anti-alien sentiment? And why are we doing this? This is peacekeeper stuff, not ours. He snorted. Not yours, maybe, princess, but this is my bread and butter. You're retired, remember? There are other people to do this work. Daniels knows my skills. I ground my teeth in frustration. No, he doesn't. He's never worked with you. He hates you. Ido knows your skills. Doesn't that make you nervous? Ido wants you to do this. It has to be. You should never have gotten clearance for that intelligence report. There shouldn't be a two-person team on this, much less an engineering two-person team. Somebody wanted you to do this and bypassed every regulation and tactically sound resource available to, to the whole service. Doesn't that make you nervous as fuck? He was quiet for a moment, then. It's Shay. I have to do something. I know. Someone planned this. Someone wants you on that ship doing whatever it is you're about to do. Don't you feel awfully expendable and manipulated right now? Awfully convenient that it was Shay who was taken, while we happened to be at Seoul. Doesn't that seem awfully convenient? I felt a wave of that hot, cold sensation rush across my skin, leaving me breathless. God, that's an unpleasant experience. Saying, I understand what you're saying. I even agree. But there's no way I'm stepping back. We have orders. We're official. Orders? That's horseshit. You've never been particularly wedded to your civic responsibilities before. 
Let's get out of here. Fake an equipment failure and tell Daniels to send someone else. He stood up and slung his duffel over his shoulder. Do whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. But put me on that ship somehow. Fine. Fine. Shit. USA Today. Cygnus Orbital. General Shu Aido today authorized all local peacekeeping units to detain and deport any non-humans or any questionable human citizens for any crime or infraction to Solaris Orbital for enhanced interrogation. Cygnus Orbital is home to the Catalan Embassy as well as a major trading hub for sector goods to the outer colonies. The idea of allowing service members to take over all peacekeeping responsibilities is not new, but Ido's plan would directly eliminate all police forces not military and would disband the Department of Homeland Security on Cygnus Orbital and Cygnus One. Ido pledges that as first commander, he would expand the program and specifically target illicit cesspools of alien activity and human corruption across the system. Hadar Senator Elise Schneider promised to fight any efforts to expand this program into her electorate. Hadar, offic- Hadar offers refugee status to any who request it, along with a strong state welfare program to help new citizens get on their feet. Ido directly challenged this legislation and argued that if he is elected, he would cut off all refugee programs and enhance screening of people from outer colonies and any alien personnel seeking citizenship to any central worlds, including Hadar. General Ido oversteps his authority as a service commander and is directly threatening my citizens' civil rights. This is illegal and immoral behavior, and Hadar will not participate in any of these barbaric enforcement actions. Immigrants of all kinds are welcome here. Humans are not, poor or not, and every person in this sector will have access to basic living standards, medical care, and legal rights. I can promise you that, responded Schneider. Senator Schneider's comments threaten a $2 billion credit grant approved for Hadar Orbital related to advancement in gene therapy treatments for patients exhibiting MTSE, or the mutagenic transmissible spongiform encephalopathies, commonly called the crazies. General Ido, who sits on the Ways and Means Committee as well as the Office of Federal Budget Management Task Force, swore to stop all federal funds to the sector. Alejandro Gomez, reporting. Algae jets. I handed Conrad two slender metallic canisters. What? Algae jets. I took one back, shook it, and turned it on its side. A rush of cool air sprayed out the bottom. When agitated, the algae consume nutrients, producing oxygen, which is passed through a one-way valve. Just shake your leg, and you've got your own chemical propellant. He looked at me dubiously. I pointed to the tiny clips on the side. Those clip into your leg utility ports on the environmental suit. And this... I handed him a small paper package filled with white powder. This is your snack. When you want to come home, open the top port. I depressed an inset along the crown of the canister, revealing a slender tube, and feed them. Shake and repeat. I handed it back to him. Right, okay, feed the bugs, shake the bugs, hold on. I nodded. Next, tether. I shook out a long, slender, cloth-like filament. It was actually kind of pretty, sort of an iridescent gray and soft to the touch. Graphene Electrocoil, home assembled this morning and your delivery system to the target. Fun fact, graphene has the highest thermokinetic properties of any known substance. Conrad gave me a blank look. I sighed. It's a great conductor. Anyway, this clips onto your belt. The metal clip on the end was a thick bulb with three buttons, each a different color. I pointed to them one at a time. Red, stop the feed. It'll artificially increase the friction coefficient to max, stopping the tether feed. Green, start the feed. It'll run frictionless at any speed you can go. Blue, return. 
Blue activates a secondary mechanism that reverses the electromagnetic polarity, drawing you back towards the ship. To anchor it to something other than you, flip this. I showed a small lever at the bottom. It activates an independent magnet to stabilize it on the target hull. He nodded. Great, so how close do we have to be to get this thing to work? I made an unhappy face. Very close, which is why I'm growing a slime mold on the hull right now. Come again? I'm growing mold on the hull. It needs about another 24 hours before it'll be self-sustaining. The outer layers have to die to protect the inner bits, sort of like a skin. He cocked his head to the side, his serious expression lightening just a little. I'm not sure I know how to respond to that statement. I cracked a smile. Slime mold is self-assembling, self-sustaining, and will make our hull look like a collection of organic polymers and water to anyone looking for anything. It's the equivalent of covering ourselves with leaves. How did you get anything to grow in a vacuum? My eyebrows went up in surprise. Do you really want to know? There's a property called van der Waal forces that allows for covalent bonding along hydro... He threw up his hands in self-defense. Nope, change my mind. Cease fire. Don't need to know. I snickered. Nerd, he shot back. Finally, I continued, the biopod for Shay. I nudged the slim, coffin-like contraption with my foot. The last time I'd woken up in it flashed briefly in my mind, and I shook off the feeling of nauseated claustrophobia. I'd survived it. Shay would, too. I coated it with graphene epoxy and ran a strip of wire around it. Once we get it into the airlock, the temperature drop will make the attachment and the surface practically frictionless. You can just clip it to your belt and drag it with you. Stage it outside the ship. Shay will need at least a biosuit to keep her breathing for the first 60 seconds to get her outside the ship and into the pod, and it will need 15 seconds to equalize environmental conditions. I stopped. That's it. Can you think of anything else? He raised the small algae containers. Yeah, did you account for the distance and weight these little guys will have to move? I don't want to have to refuel halfway there and watch bug food float off into the great unknown. Yes, I used several different strains for redundancy as well as a diatom base to create bioluminescence in the event that the grow light built into the canister fails. The light triggers photosynthesis in 60% of the strains, while the heterotrophs will consume the chemical nutrients under low-light conditions. I've estimated conservative distances and run several models using the worst-case parameters. I get it. Thank you. Well, you asked. So I did. I paused. Do you know which one is the target? Do you know where she is? He nodded. I've got a pretty good idea. Good. I took a deep breath and exhaled slowly. I'm going to have to stay in the link the whole time. If something happens, send the tether back and I'll try to help you. Mariah's sensor net is about the only way I can keep an eye on what's going on in the Catalan ship, much less surrounding space, with any level of efficiency. Can we tie the weapon system to the link? I shook my head. I don't know how. Shay and I never got around to it since, you know. Since I was supposed to take care of it and we never expected to use a stupid thing anyway? He sighed. Stupid. I know better. Civilian life is making me soft. And there we were, staring at each other. He looks fantastic, I thought, standing tall, stern but melancholy expression, calm determination in the face of overwhelming odds to save the woman he loves. Jesus, cue the sappy music. Twenty-four hours, I said, and went to take a nap. When in doubt about what to do next, sleep is always a good alternative. Conrad cycled the airlock. I could hear the heavy mechanical blast doors heave themselves open and the odd clicks that made Mariah's chitin interior shimmer 
with regular vibrations. Showtime. There was a thunk and an odd, dead feeling to the ship's atmosphere as the protective shielding came online. I took a deep inhale, exhaled slowly, and activated the manual override. Initiate primary protocol, authority sing, A. Confirmed, primary protocol execution in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Sensory link confirmed. Test pilot syntax confirmed. Test ship PLC confirmed. Initiating pilot override confirmed. I can finally breathe. Clean, powerful jets of oxygen pulled up from my fusion core reactor cycle through me along the environmental conduits. My organic polymer matrix hull feels strong and flexible, even with the soft fuzz of the slime growing on it. My brain feels free, expanding into the bioneural circuitry linking my body together. I feel a rush of cold, a hollowness where Conrad had opened the cargo bay and feel the tether vibrating as if my finger had grown to 10,000 kilometers long and only two angstroms thick. I see the target glowing hot with life forms, tasting like iron and copper, hovering closely to us, and the special intoxication of radiation bursts flooding my skin and hull, like sunbathing. I feel my recycle pump hum to 60 hertz with pleasure. I love being a ship. I don't know how long it took. Time doesn't mean very much when you're a ship. Details are both very important and very unimportant. I could sense my physical body sitting in the pilot's chair, but I could also feel every little hiccup in the space-time continuum outside. When cold licked at the other ship, when I could feel odd shimmers of a frozen something, I knew Conrad was doing something, but I had to wait. I had to float, peaceful, still, quiet. Bare life support systems, dark, still waiting for that click, the rush of polarity reversal mechanisms sitting in my guts. There, a cramp. A shot of pain in my side as the tether sinks home. Lights along my starboard eyes, blinding me, burning me. I cry out as blue arcs of energy slam into me, tearing my shielding. I feel my heart ignite, feel the fusion reactor shimmer inside me and leap into the darkness. Wheeling, thawing, the sheer joy of movement, of feeling speed along my belly and watching light years disappear under my wings makes me laugh, even as I feel cold pain shoot along my sides. They are following. I light the reactor, spinning into a corkscrew curve, snapping out a metal sail. Gravitational currents whisper to me, little echoes drawing me in one direction, then another, falling into a well, only to shoot out the other side at the speed of light. Joy consumes me. Fierce happiness, power, and an overwhelming intensity make me break 90 degrees, and suddenly time stops. The universe holds its breath. I see all things in an instant, all places, all times, coalesce into a riveting, frozen maelstrom. Mariah is gone. I am gone. There isn't anything but the fierce joy and the wonder of creation stretching out in front of me. I see an image. It reminds me of something. Something precious. Something that tempers the fierceness. That makes me remember I have a body. That I am a person. That I exist. The image fills my vision, and as it does, the maelstrom comes alive. Roaring sounds, tastes, and textures, overwhelming sensations and colors blow through me, shredding my identity, breaking my hull, and breaking my brain. Hoodoos, I thought, distractedly looking at the field of bubbly, asymmetric, eroded rock surrounding me. I haven't seen hoodoos since I was a little girl in the desert. I ran my fingers down one. The gritty texture of sandstone sat on my fingers like a familiar glove. Feels like home, I thought in pleasure. 
I'm surprised you remember anything from your home, a voice said behind me. Michael. I greeted him with a smile and put my dirty hand in his. He smiled back at me and changed to tuck my hand into his elbow. The canyon was baking hot, reds, browns, and creams melding into a soft background of heat and rock. It felt good to walk in the heat. My insides felt so cold, like being trapped in a failing environmental suit. So cold. So how are you feeling, Knight? Michael's deep voice echoed, making the rocks hum with the question as it bounced from side to side in the canyon. Did you slay the dragon, rescue the princess? I laughed. I didn't feel anything, but I was relaxed, happy even. I don't know. Seems like there's a lot you don't know lately. Yes. Contentment filled me. Contentment and an odd sort of sleepiness. Sometimes it's okay just to let go. Is it? Yes. I looked back, trying to find my footprints in the soft sand behind us, but there were only the hoodoos. No record of me and Michael. Michael, am I dead? He chuckled. No, you're not dead. Then why are you here? He stopped, seemingly surprised by the question. Don't you want me here? Of course. I love you. I love you, too. I'm sorry I didn't tell you when we had the chance. We started walking again. The heat felt good, baking into my bones and thawing that cold place inside me. I sighed in happiness. The rock pillars seemed thicker, more numerous. The canyon was shaded with all the formations strung out as far as I could see. Why is it so dark? I asked. But I knew the answer. I could see thick thunderheads, purple and gray, filling up the sky. The hoodoos seemed taller, broader. A wild wind picked up. It screamed like a dying thing as it flowed through the rock canyon. I looked at Michael, only instead of him, I was holding a rock. I dropped it as lightning carved a lace pattern in the sky, and the wind screeched louder. Michael, where are you? Don't leave me. Lightning struck, and a giant sandstorm formation crumbled, chunks slamming into the earth next to me, rock falling like rain, striking me, covering me, burying me in the earth. I tried to scream and ate, si and ate dust. Something hard slapped me across the face. Sing! Wake the fuck up! Another hard slap came from somewhere, but I couldn't remember what the words meant. Another bit into my skin, but my nerves were curiously dead. I registered the pressure, but there was no pain. Probably a blessing, I thought sleepily. It would be so lovely just to close my eyes and sleep. I snuggled down onto the console, feeling the hard chitin push against my face. Nope, nope, up, you can't sleep now. That voice again. I seemed to remember it from somewhere, but it didn't seem terribly important. Hey, cupcake, wake up! That brief flare of pressure again. I ignored it. It's so nice not to be in pain. I'm just going to take a little nap. Hey, sing! Get your shit together! I can't dock this hunk of junk. Our environmental controls are on the fritz and Shay needs medical attention immediately. Need you to come back from La La Land and fix this. Now. Conrad. I tried to open my eyes. Everything was still black. I brushed my fingers against my lids. They were open, but the world was dark. Hmm. I pushed the fog in my brain down deep. Inhale. Exhale. Focus. Deep breathing exercises learned a lifetime ago cleared some of the cobwebs for a moment. Initiate primary protocol authority. Sing A. Confirmed. 
primary protocol execution in five, four, three, two, one. Sensory link failed. Test pilot syntax failed. Test ship PLC confirmed. Command not found. Initiate automatic override. I frowned to myself. Come on, Mariah, don't be difficult. Initiate restart. Calibration. Alpha 1. Save to authority. Sing A. Confirmed. Restart. Confirmed. Calibration complete. Initiate primary protocol. Authority. Sing A. Confirmed. Primary protocol execution in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Sensory link confirmed. Test pilot syntax confirmed. Test ship PLC confirmed. Initiating pilot override confirmed. Weird. I relax into my polymer skin again, open my sensor eyes, and see the full spectrum of radiation, breathing a sigh of relief. Star charts and trajectories skim across my consciousness. Cygnus. We're at Cygnus. Good. I send the automatic docking protocols and feel the hum of approval in my circuits. I fire ion thrusters, flaring my wings to slow and light on the dock, soft as Speedy used to do. The long airlock extends to meet me and clicks into my port with a tiny snick. The effortlessness makes me sigh a little in pleasure. Perfect. Initiate automatic controls on current trajectory. Stand by for pilot interface transfer. Pilot interface will terminate. Please stand by in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Automatic control initiated. I was back. I rolled my neck from side to side and tried to open my eyes. It was still dark. No, not dark. Black. Hmm. Must be a lighting failure in the environmental controls. Conrad, are you there? I skimmed my fingers along the console, activating emergency lighting protocols by memory. What do you mean, am I here? I'm sitting right next to you. I'm sorry, I can't get the emergency lighting system online. There must have been a cascade failure. He didn't say anything for a moment, and I felt the silence get heavy. Sing, the lights are on. No, they're not. I can't see a damn thing. Another heavy silence. Well, shit. Stay here. I heard slamming and rustling behind me, and a long moment of stillness. For a second, I was a little girl again and afraid of the dark. Papa, there's something at the window. Don't be silly, Kasha. There's nothing there. No, I see a monster, Papa. Shh, it's just your imagination. Conrad was back quickly enough. All right, sweetheart. Up, stand up. That's right. I'm going to put your hand here. You just follow me and we'll get you fixed up. Okay. Shay? She's here. I have her in the biopod with a servo. Oh, good. Curious sensation, being blind. I knew I should be upset, but there seemed to be something wrong with the communication between my brain and my body. My skin felt hypersensitive, almost painful, but there was an odd thickness to my thoughts, sort of like emotions were frozen in place and rational thought was shouting at me from outside an aquarium. Am I in shock? It wasn't especially unpleasant, just sort of deadened, disconnected. I could feel Conrad's elbow, the strong muscles of his arm underneath my fingers, the way our feet vibrated the steel underneath us in harmonic oscillation. I could almost feel him move before he actually did. Very curious. Brace yourself, honey. We were in the airlock. I felt the air pressure change, my breath changing with it, and the shift of blast doors as they opened. A wall of sound greeted us. 
The shock of the noise of the sensation froze me into place. I couldn't feel Conrad anymore, couldn't feel anything but the overwhelming flood of feelings, people, movement, almost as if the air had turned solid and dove down my throat in a single breath. <gasps> Ouch. Unconsciously, I took that flood, all the energy bubbling and flowing around, coalesced it to a single point, and threw it back into the maw. Quiet! Silence answered me. Much better. I could feel Conrad again, so I tugged on him. Jesus, honey, what did you do? His voice held awe and a little fear. I tried to feel where his face was, but the acoustics made sound ricochet oddly in the dead quiet. I cocked my head to the side to try and get a better reference point. I couldn't hear myself think. It was too loud. What happened? I tried to feel what was around me, tried to get some sensation, but it was too, too still now. I couldn't get anything. You, I don't know what you did. People are frozen. What? Yeah, it's a statue garden in here. Did you kill them? I scowled. Don't be ridiculous. I let go of his arm. I think I can fix this. Just grab me when they come back. I probably won't be able to find you in all the noise. A pause. He coughed awkwardly. Sure, I got you. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. Feel the shape of the moth pattern, weaving little dragons of energy. Inhale, exhale. Push, pull. I feel calm happiness working through my veins, blood like sunshine pouring through me, bending each person's space-time, heating it, speeding it back up into normal space. Feel Mariah's nuclear reactor glowing hot in my chest, as if I'm still in the link. Feel that energy thaw the space station out, Brownian motion rushing against my brain. The wall of sound returned. Ah. The noise beat me down, and I reached up to cover my ears. I felt hands on my neck as Conrad pulled my biosuit up and activated the isolation and air filtration protocols. The sound dimmed. I relaxed a little. He pulled one of my hands back into the crook of his elbow and we set back out to find beautiful chaos. Old friend, just once, I would like you to visit when you are healthy. Chaos's voice was gorgeous, sort of a deep alto. It reminded me of something velvety and soft. I'd never noticed it as much when I had eyes. Zer fingers framed my face, and I felt Zer lean close. Frankincense and myrrh, I thought pleasantly. How lovely. Thank you, Fractal, Z tittered approvingly. You're always so complimentary. I took another deep inhale just to enjoy the experience. Ah, yes. Fractal, it would seem you are blind. And yet I don't seem particularly upset about that, I said. Most of me was still in that comforting fog, and I found it really hard to hear what Z was telling me. So you do not, fractal in motion. Strong fingers shifted my chin one direction, then the other. You have significant burns and more scarring, but I can't tell what is old and what is part of this injury. Z pressed something hot against my cheek, and the warmth seeped welcomingly, welcomingly into my skin. Why is everything so cold? Z stopped at my thought, and then continued moving the hot thing around my face after a moment. You are cold, Belia? Yes. Open your mouth. I complied. There is fever and tissue damage that I cannot explain. Does anything hurt? Are you having trouble breathing? 
I shook my head. No, I feel fine for once, just cold. Hey, did you get a chance to look at Shay? Yes, Dadia. Z is suffering from exhaustion, malnutrition, and dehydration. Frozen smoke is staying with her. Z will be fine with some rest and pampering. Good. I leaned back into the cushions. Beautiful Chaos was the only doctor that didn't make me terrified in the exam room and was the only one I trusted to take care of me anyway, much less while I couldn't see. But you, Belia, you are not well. What does that word mean, Belia? I received a wash of sensation, an image of a beloved, a feel of homecoming and vulnerability, of sadness and loss. Oh, I felt humbled. For the first time, it started to dawn on me that Z was concerned about me, that there was something wrong. What is it? I do not know, Fractal. It is as if your body is coming apart molecule by molecule. In surgery, I would say that your body is rejecting itself. What? You are deteriorating from the inside out. I cannot explain it. I suppose I should care about that. Indeed. You should. I didn't know what to say. Can you fix me? No, Bella, but perhaps I can slow the damage. Deep breaths, Fractal. Deep breaths and relax. This will feel as if we are sharing your skin for a moment. Is that all right? I could feel Zara Aura wrapping around me like a warm fog. Of course. Come on in. The water's fine. A whiff of cinnamon at my joke. Chaos's mind was like falling into warm water. Z filled me up, a golden heat that seeped from my head to my toes, followed by thoughts and images wafting around me. Images of plants I'd never seen, of alien vistas, feelings and emotions, all unhuman but strong and sweet. Pure golden light reaching into all the dark places of my heart. All the pain and loneliness of years and years shivered and disappeared in that light washed out with something so deep and so pure that only contentment could stay. Zer strength, Zer family, Zer home slipped into my cells, knitting them up with themselves, binding them into a sense of love and duty, remaking myself with Zer heart, soul healing. Dimly I understood that somehow Z had given me some part of Zer life force, Zer soul to knit up the pieces of my own skin. Healer. For the first time, I thought I understood what that word really meant. Not just physician. Healer. I felt loved and coddled and protected from the inside out. Something in me finally uncoiled and rested for the first time since my father died. I woke up much, much later, but I could smell myrrh next to me. Chaos. You didn't tell me, I told her. Z stirred and brushed a hand over my forehead. No, you would not have allowed me had I told you. Damn right. I don't know how to make up for this. How do you thank someone for giving you their soul? Or even how you did this? Did it hurt you? No, Belia, it did not hurt. Why? Why did you do this? A complex burst of sadness, painful joy and protectiveness came back to me. And something else, something deep and nameless that I couldn't identify, rushed into my mind for a heart-stopping moment. I don't understand. You do not have to. I think you are better now, stronger. Your new skin will endure for a little while, and you will come back to visit next time, when you are healthy, yes? No more courting death. I felt Zer hand under mine and squeezed. No healer. No more courting death. 
I promise.